Welcome to the Study Guide USA podcast, hosted by Henry Hoffman. Learn how you can study in the U.S. as well. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 9 of Study Guide USA, the podcast. I'm Henry Hoffman, and I'm your host. In today's episode, we're joined by one of my former professors, boss, and also mentors, Kim Wiseman. Kim and I met when I studied in North Dakota, and since then, she has moved on to become an assistant dean at Bismarck State College. Welcome, Kim. It's great to have you. Thanks. It's great to be here. It's awesome uh, seeing you. Obviously, we chatted a little bit before the podcast and the recording, uh, but it's been a long time since we've seen each other. Actually, well, not seven years, but seven years ago, I started uh, studying at Williston State College. It is so crazy when you say seven years. There's no way that it feels like seven years has passed. I know. I, I remember my uh, first day, actually, because obviously I was working for you and, and the department, and um, I was sort of lost when I got to Williston, so I didn't really know what to expect and what to do, and I, I remember my first day in your office, and uh, you told me a little more about the job and getting to know you, and then I had a class with you. Public speaking actually was my first class with you, uh, so crazy to think about you know it being seven years ago. It is, and I have to share the funniest story I remember of you working for me. I asked you to vacuum something, and you had no idea how an American vacuum cleaner worked. It was, <laughs> seriously, it's the funniest thing I think of when I think about asking you to vacuum the suite, and you're like, I have no idea how to run this thing, and I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, maybe that's because I was sort of spoiled from home. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll have to talk to your mom about that. I guess, I guess. But yeah, I I couldn't figure it out. I mean, I've tried different things, but I just couldn't couldn't get it to work. And uh, sort of an embarrassing moment, but funny that you remember that. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's many more moments. I remember being in your class as well, something about a pet peeve or whatever. Um, yep. if you remember that yeah yep, but, I um, do <laughs> I do remember that one I'm sure we'll get into that uh, a little later in this episode but like I said it's awesome having you and it's it's great seeing you again um, and catching up and and uh, also teaching more international students that are listening to this about different opportunities within the American university system what your experience is obviously um, but maybe for, for the listeners, obviously, I, I have uh, made a, a short introduction, um, but maybe for the listeners, uh, tell them a little bit about what you do currently and um, what your role is within within the, the university that you're working for right now. All right. So I, in May of 2023, took on a new role. And so assistant dean and you know, it's funny, people ask me what that means. And sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't really know how to describe it other than everybody dumps everything on me and I just have to make it work. So uh, I run a lot of the efficiencies of the campus. And so making sure classes are running at um, as full of capacity as possible. So I spend a lot more time in spreadsheets than I ever thought I would. Um, being in academia, I never thought that would be my my role at I oversee two two academic departments, so I do all of their evaluations and observations, 
try to help out with student success as much as possible. So I, I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to, to even describe what I do, but I mean, I probably do some really strange things. Like last week I had a faculty member whose student well, student class wasn't using Microsoft Office products properly. So I literally called the student and was like, hey, I know you're using a Mac. Like, do you know how to save your documents as a, a Word document instead? And so, I mean, just some really off the wall things that I do that people probably wouldn't recognize. It's my first time in 18 years of not being in a classroom, which is bizarre for me. I won't lie, grading, not grading has been phenomenal because when I come home from work, I don't have to sit down and grade and, you know, answer a thousand emails and things like that. But um, it's, I mean, I still get to interact with students, which is what I really enjoy doing and why I'm still in higher education. But yeah, a little bit of everything, I guess. In terms of grading, that's funny that you say that because I remember having my my fair share of uh, looking at a few few exams here and there uh helping you out during my my time but uh <laughs> i'm glad that you don't have to do that which is which is awesome because it does take a little bit of time and and it's probably not the most fun but um i i guess that's very good for people to hear what you do and what your role is and uh i, I guess in short you could say um obviously you're you're a pretty big deal um <laughs> but but honestly you you always have been and and it's great to uh, see that you continue to help students um make their life definitely a lot easier i can i can say for my part and a lot of other people can attest to that as well so um that's great to hear very cool yeah students are the reason why higher ed exists i i think that that's always so important to remember yep and and if it wasn't like that, I, I think we'd have a, a, a terrible issue at hand. But um, no, that's awesome. And yeah. so in terms of, you know, you said, obviously, it's been 18 years since you haven't really actively been teaching, uh, which is odd for me to think about as well. But um, <clears throat> obviously, during your time, you have seen uh, many international students and, and probably will continue to meet new ones, even in your current role. Um, so I wanted to ask what makes it so special to not only teach or having taught international students, but also have them in a classroom as a benefit to others. Um, obviously, that's speaking more to your past and maybe your current job, but also, you know, feel free in, in your current role, how you see the dynamic and, and how uh, international students fit into that dynamic. You know, I think that international students bring such a unique perspective to a campus environment. Uh, I mean, granted, I've predominantly taught in North Dakota. And so, I mean, but I did teach at NDSU, which is, you know, 13, 14,000 students. And even then I had a lot of international students in my classes. And then I taught at Dickinson State where almost all of my students were international. And then teaching at Williston had had a good majority of, well, not a majority, a good variety of students who are international. And it they bring something because your life experiences are so different than than those who are maybe from North Dakota, especially in Williston, where people were so sheltered, you know, coming from the family farm or from a small town of just a couple hundred people. And their experiences are so sheltered because they just haven't had that experience. And so realizing that you share new perspectives and experiences and knowing that 
they probably haven't traveled. A lot of them hadn't even traveled outside of, you know, North Dakota, Montana, Minnesota, South Dakota. And so then you think sheltered from that perspective. I mean, I'm very grateful. I've had some wonderful opportunities to travel internationally, but not everybody had. And so thinking about how that shapes our mindsets and our experiences and how we understand people differently, it allows people to have different experiences. And Henry, you, I, there's no way you could have forgotten this situation. We were in public speaking class and your classmate introduction speech, your partner got up and said something and it was about German history. And I, I don't want to repeat it because it was one of those things that was like, I know my eyes got huge and I looked around the room because everybody's looking at me as I'm supposed to be the person who's in charge of making sure things are running smoothly. And I was like, I have no idea because Hitler was involved. So those who are listening have an idea. And I had no idea how to handle the situation because (laughs) I'm thinking everybody should know that this is not okay. But clearly this student had no idea. And when I think back to the student, a pretty, pretty sheltered life. And I mean, truly, and thankfully you took it in stride and, you know, weren't offended. And well, at least I don't think you were offended, but you looked at me in my eyes. I, (laughs) I think I was just so dumbfounded, but it's situations like that where, you know, you learn from each other, but I also think it it allows people to build relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I stay in touch with you. We probably don't talk as much as, uh, you know, I mean, we both live busy lives, but I mean, I've had a couple international trips where we were trying to get over to Germany, you know, to visit. But I think of some other students who I've stayed close with as well. I, an Australian student who um, came, I think, after you mm. and ended up, uh, I mean, he literally tells me I'm his American mom. So, <laughs> you know, I think about and I met his parents at his college graduation just a few months ago, too. And so knowing that you know, you get to build relationships with people and help people in ways that maybe others haven't been able to do. And so I think it's really promising and it it, it allows people to grow in so many ways other than just physically going to a classroom and doing some lectures and paperwork and then moving on from life. So I think it expands all of our horizons. Definitely. How would you say it has expanded your horizon like is there maybe one particular it's hard probably to per- to pick one particular moment but is there anything that stands out where you say oh yeah this this clicks right away uh something i have learned that i didn't know or or uh something you know you were taught about a different culture or anything like that you know i think every experience is so different that i mean with you i think you probably took nearly every course that i taught <laughs> and I think that um, I'm thinking of one of my former students who, who calls me mom now. Um, his name is Hamish. And I think he took literally every course I taught to. And I, I think about how, I mean, I was just a reference, got a call for him being a reference or needing a reference for a job. And thinking about those experiences of everybody has such a different experience. I mean, you had some wonderful opportunities, but then I think of like Hamish's experience he was stuck in Williston during COVID Mm. and thinking about how hard it was with also uh, a mom who was struggling with some health things too. And so thinking about all of those different, different experiences that we have, I don't know if there's anything, any one that sticks out, 
but it's it's learning so much from each other. I mean, before you and I were talking about healthcare and you know the vast differences between Germany and the United States and and some of those things and just learning about all of those things that I mean maybe I would have had some knowledge of it just because of you know my time as you know through grad school and things, but learning it from another human who experiences it is so different than you know just learning it out of a textbook or you know from a story that someone tells you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure uh, it's a lot different and I, I can certainly say so myself as well. Um, you learn a lot of different things that people can't really grasp even maybe um, and, and people don't even know about that aren't, you know, written in textbooks or said on certain videos or podcasts or whatever. So uh, it's great to feel it and, and, and actually live through that and, and then get to experience it uh, firsthand. That's very cool. So um, obviously that is somewhat of a reason why international students benefit a classroom and then the environment they're in within the states or the university system. But why would you say international students should come to the states to even study or consider studying there? Is there like what what is your compelling pitch maybe? <laughs> I think that just as much as I would encourage a student, an American student to travel overseas to go somewhere, I think that it brings new perspectives for international students to come to the United States. I mean, you're you're seeing a very different way of life and understanding things from a different perspective as well. And whether it's, I mean, when we had the Japan agreement at Williston, and I think I remember the first time I was setting up the short stay for them and I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to show them and do with them for two weeks while they're in Williston? Because, I, you know, it was home. It was everything that I do every day. And then I think, oh, yeah, they're coming from Tokyo where the personal space isn't really a thing. And then just being outside for them was a new experience because you had space and you could you know, throw a ball and not have to worry about where you were going to be. And and there were, there were just different, different experiences and different freedoms. And so realizing that even though it may seem similar, even between the United States and Canada, I mean, there's a lot of similarities, but at the same time, there's a lot of differences. Uh And so thinking about learning from those experiences and what that looks like and, and why it looks the way it does, I think that that's always really important for any of us to learn. And truly, the best way to learn is by immersing ourselves in that that other culture or that other environment. And I mean, that could be, you know, something in, a, in another country, but it could also be just going to an area you're not familiar with and spending time there. And you're going to learn a lot just based on that experience rather than actually learning out of a textbook. So I think it's really important to have those experiences. And unfortunately, when I was young, I i mean, it was a little more expensive in those days. And so it just, it wasn't an option for me. And I really wish it would have been because I think how wonderful would it have been to travel? Even my boss, my current boss studied in Edinburgh for five years and the story she tells, granted, I love Scotland too. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a wonderful place to visit. So but thinking about how all of her stories from living there for five years and how much she grew as a human from that is really important, even though, you know, still speaks the same language, even though uh, half the time 
I couldn't understand when we had, did you play with Angus? I did. Yes. I even lived there... with Angus. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did. There yeah. was a day he came to my office and he was talking and he goes, Kim, I swear we speak the same language. I do speak English, even though you can't understand the thing I'm saying right now. So, I mean, it's just so funny to think about those things, but I think that we learn so many new experiences just by being in a different area. Yeah. And I think one of the, the aspects you mentioned growing uh, for me, whenever people ask, I think, and that's also why I told my sister to to move abroad and, and go for a master's degree in a different country is because you're basically by yourself. Obviously, you make friends, you you create your network, you have people that, you know, support you and, and um, help you. But nonetheless, you have to figure things out yourself. You need to sort of, you know, be brave enough to immerse yourself in that situation and then grow from it, um, learn and, and learn how to handle yourself in the in the real world, so to say. And you know what, that's probably the most important thing that I have learned, um, because it, it helped me mature very, very early. And, and I think for a lot of people, that's the same. Well, and I think, you know, because you came over to play sport. And so you had a built-in support system mm -hmm. because you you had a team, which is wonderful. But I think even when people who maybe are thinking about traveling, even if they don't play a sport, but they just want to experience something different, I think as long as you can find that confidence in yourself, that's really important because you are going to be on your own. And if you haven't ever traveled alone, I think the best thing you can do is travel alone by yourself somewhere first, maybe within your own home country, because you start to really grow as a human mm -hmm. and you start to gain some of that confidence. And then if you decide to come international, wherever, you know, if that's the States or just to another country, you have some of that confidence that's already built up because you're right. You have to mature and you have to learn, you know, to find a support system and, and people who are willing to support you and help you. And in fact, that's, it's so interesting that you bring that up because I'm working with my faculty members. We do a one-on-one -on -one uh, meeting every month and it's, there's no agenda. It's like, Hey, we're going to just meet, we're going to chat. And one of them, she brought up, she's like, Hey, our international population has actually been really small at our current, at my current institution. She's like, but I see that it's growing. So what can we do to support those students? So we're actually meeting soon to figure out what supports do we put into place? Because even thinking, you know, if you um, are a spiritual or a religious person, knowing where can I go to practice some of those beliefs or where's the grocery store if the cafeteria isn't open at certain times. So thinking about some of those things or public transit, because I live in North Dakota and granted, Bismarck does have a bus system. So we're, we're doing <laughs> better than Williston. Up. That's a step yes. up. Because <laughs> Williston had nothing. And, you know, but thinking about those things, how do we help students actually survive in this new environment and not just survive but also thrive because mm -hmm. we want we want students to be successful that's a very cool initiative i like that um if, if i can support let me know because i think that's I that's wonderful and and i honestly thinking back i i told this story on the pod podcast my first night in williston i was picked up by one of my teammates thankfully so that's step one which is good but step yep. two was going into the dorms obviously i didn't know anyone and it was late at night. I missed a flight in Minnesota, I think. So it was probably 10, 11 p.m. And nobody was in those dorms. Everyone was out, I don't know, partying or whatever they were doing. And 
I came into that room and it was just empty, no bedding, nothing. I was just traveling for probably 24 to 30 hours ish and just wanted to go to bed, wanted to eat. I was hungry, obviously couldn't find anything to eat because, you know, no cafeteria is open at night, really, uh, at least not in Williston. And yeah, it was just a shock. So those first moments were were tough. But uh, I guess, you know, that's for everyone who's traveling and, and then has that experience. And I think um, when you know what's to be expected, that's good. And then you can prepare. But if you don't know, and in Williston, we didn't know, uh, it's a shock, right? And then maybe that makes for a so-called bad experience at the start, maybe, um, instead of having a good one and, and feeling somewhat comfortable even though it might not be the most comfortable situation yeah and i think especially if you're coming in and and you're jet lagged already and then i think of that first and this is every student i feel like that first few weeks even the first month if you've moved away from home in some capacity that level of homesickness and having those comfort things around you is so real mm-hmm and then thinking about how that impacts you and your ability to be successful. I mean, sometimes having a list of like, oh, there is a grocery store like three blocks away. That, that's really helpful because then you don't have to think about it. But then I also think, I mean, your English is amazing. But think about somebody who hasn't studied English as long as you have and they come to the States. And then think about that exhaustion level of having to constantly be translating between languages. Mm-hmm. Holy cats. There's, I mean, there's so many challenges. And so whatever we can do to help those obstacles be fewer and help that success level rise, I think is so important. That's very cool. But I think it also speaks to the American university system itself, especially obviously now, you know, we're at your institution. But um, what I can say is, no matter where I went and no matter who I spoke to, everyone was so supportive of international students, not only international students, any any students, but especially international students, because I feel like there's an understanding of it's it's harder for them just because they have to travel. It's a new culture. It's a new setting. It's a new language. It's whatever else is, comes on top. Um, and, and the support system, you know, within the academics, within life in general, it's just phenomenal, which is why I always tell people if they ask me, should I go? Yes, definitely go to the States, you know, figure it out yourself, try um, and, and see where you end up. And even if you just go for a semester or, or an entire year, uh, you can always come back, but you'll grow so much and learn so much, uh, which you can't get at home. So, um, yeah. Definitely. And I think every institution's a bit different. So, I mean, larger institutions may have a, like a international center or multicultural center where you can co be with other students who maybe are feeling some of those same things that you are, or you can come to a smaller institution. I mean, Williston, we had a club mm-hmm. and I mean, it. we had, we had, th- I mean, it was me. So I couldn't maybe give everything, but I could at least help find answers for people if they were struggling And, you know, it's so weird. So I came from Williston, small, small campus, to uh, the third largest campus in the state of North Dakota. And our international population is so, so small. (laughs) And so it's so strange to me because I'm thinking, what can we do? Because we know that that's that's going to grow. It's, Mm -hmm. It's already starting to grow. But thinking about how can we help those students? Because 
when you're not large and don't have a multicultural center, what do we do to help students feel welcome and help them kind of start to feel like they can venture out and explore campus or explore the town? And uh, I think one other thing that's really important about campuses, because of course, academics are important. I mean, I would be the first to admit that. But I think it's also important to get involved. Every campus has some kind of student life on campus, whether it's, you know, going and getting free pizza at an event or if it's, you know, finding a club, but finding something that you feel like you can be a part of and you can meet people who maybe have similar interests as you. And it's wonderful if you're, you know, an athlete because you have that built-in support system. But if you don't, find some other ways to get involved. I think that's really important. We have so many clubs on my current campus that it's, and one of them is a multicultural club, but thinking about, you know, do I really like to um, have an interest in this one thing? And do they have a club? Like we have an art club or, you know, there's a variety of things. So look and see what might be interested. And even if that's not your thing, you might just meet some people you might feel, exactly. feel better about going because you see a friendly face. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the, I remember the cultural diversity club. It, it, um, was awesome because it also brought awareness to the entire campus. I remember we had, uh, a, I think it was a day or a week. No, we had a week, but one day in particular, we had to, you know, make certain meals and, and, uh, people can walk around campus between classes and, and, you know, snack and sort of learn about the culture and the country and all that stuff. And, uh, it was so wonderful because, first of all, it's a lot of fun to educate about your country and, and your culture. But then again, people also love learning about it. So whenever you were able to speak to people, they were so interested in in getting to know you and then the culture and what's behind that and the history and all that. And uh, I think it makes for a great exchange among students and then faculty and students um, amongst faculty themselves, probably, too. Um, so that's that's really cool. And and internationals who can go to clubs and, and speak to like minded people and meet people is the first step to feeling more comfortable, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You you feel like, you know, somebody so you're not alone anymore. Yep. Right. Yeah. So I get asked a question quite often and it's a very typical question, I guess. There's the stigma uh, that university in the states is very expensive which it is <laughs> not trying to downplay that but um a lot of people i think say that because they don't really know of the different um you know opportunities there are as far as scholarships go but then also jobs on campus uh, i i write about that in my book because nobody really knows <laughs> mm -hmm. um there's there's other different you know scholarships you can apply for different grants different fundraisers and whatever else there is um, but for people who say I would love to go to the states but you know my family isn't rich quote unquote whatever that means for each individual um, but they still want to go to the states what would you tell them like how would you encourage them um, obviously you have a an even deeper insight into what what's possible within a university but um, maybe maybe you can say a little bit about that yeah so I think it depends on the institution because each institution has different opportunities. So I would say if you're looking at a institution or multiple institutions, I would honestly set up a time to either call or Zoom or 
do something and ask some of those questions because at the last institution, we had the cultural diversity tuition waiver and it's actually available at all of the institutions in North Dakota, but each institution gets to set their parameters. And so at Williston, because we, I mean, we had a wealth of, of financial support from the foundation from, for the local students that they didn't really need that but our international students did. And so that provided other opportunities for international students. I would say that it's it's really important to look on the website. Most institutions have a scholarship application on their website and you should apply for any and all scholarships mm-hmm. because quite honestly, it's free money. Somebody is, is putting that money forward for you. So, you know, somebody does take your education very seriously. And so I think that Every application is worth it because if you get even $500, it's $500 you don't have to spend out of your own pocket. I also think that talking to, I mean, each government is a little different. So I know that some countries, they can get government loans or something like that to, you know, come to the United States or go to another country to study. So I think you have to explore all options and never, ever limit what you have for options until you've explored everything, because you never know what might come open. Uh, I There's a situation, I won't use names because I don't want to put anybody's personal information out there, but I had a student one time that I knew something was wrong. And so I said, I, I went and asked financial aid and I said, what's the student's need? It was an international student and there was, there was significant need. And I pulled the student in the hallway and I said, hey, could you use some financial help? Because quite honestly, it may seem sometimes like the higher ed system is a little cold because it's a lot of bureaucracy and it's tough. But quite honestly, I think you have to remember that people work there and people care about you. And so if you can ask questions or say, hey, I'm having a financial hardship, most times they're going to do what they can to assist you. And so I think asking people or asking questions and finding some people who are willing to advocate for you is really important. But try to find all of those answers before you move forward. And you also might not be aware, and Henry, you know of an individual who got the presidential waiver at Williston. And I mean, so thinking about that, there's sometimes more opportunities than we're even aware of. So ask questions and try to navigate and find out as much information as you can. Yeah, I agree. And and you know what? They stack up to what you mentioned is apply for everything and all. Um, and I can I can say that for myself. I mean, in Williston, but then also in, in Oklahoma City at UCO, I just applied for every scholarship I could apply for or was eligible for. And in the end, I, I honestly would have to, you know, count, but it, it was probably fifty, fifty to sixty thousand dollars over the course of four or five years in total. But nonetheless, that's that's a lot of money that people were giving me for whatever reason they you know put that scholarship out there. It could be academics, it could be engagement on campus, it could be you know your history, your culture, whatever it might be. And um, I think it, it's such a relief for so many people and families. And um, even though it might seem very uh, you know burdensome at first, maybe and and very. Uh, hard to deal with for a family to come up with the cost to study in the States. Uh, granted, you have to pay for a lot of other things outside of university, obviously, but 
it it is possible and there's a lot of ways um for people to handle it and and there's tons of support out there and that's something that i think is also unique uh within the the american university system because i don't know of any other country or many countries at least that you know have that amount of support and and not only financially but also uh from from the people and and the system itself which is awesome yeah don't don't give up just look and and ask questions yeah very good advice okay so um <laughs> I started this probably I think in in an episode with Brandon who obviously you know quite well as well uh and I call him Henry's speed questions so it's basically <laughs> I throw a question yeah. out there <laughs> and and it's just two questions this time um but uh you just you know come out with the first thing that pops into your head uh as an answer yeah Okay, so the first one, and and I sort of teasered that, so maybe we'll we'll give this two takes here. Uh, funniest moment with an international student in the classroom. I think one could be me, and then maybe another one. <laughs> oh gosh, um, I had a student from Canada, a baseball player, who just a super goofy guy, but he knew everything to say that would just kind of get under my skin and so I threatened him for a year that I was going to throw things at him and then one time I actually did throw things at him and it was it was a stress ball so it wasn't like a hard object or anything I... but uh, he threw it back at me one day when I was least expecting it and so I don't know if it's necessarily embarrassing but uh, caught me off guard especially teaching a class but uh, it reminded me that we can have a lot of fun even then even when we're talking about serious topics or, you know, in a classroom and I probably shouldn't say that I did that, but you know, it, it, the time has passed. So it is what it is. I was going to say it is what it is. Do I know the student? Uh, Logan, he was from right outside of Winnipeg. I think he came okay. after you. Oh, okay. Cause I know a Logan from the baseball team who was there before me and he was quite funny too but I forget his last name nonetheless anyways okay yeah. that's 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 very good and I think uh yeah your classroom was I must say always quite serious but no you know what we also had a lot of fun um we did we did uh, laugh a lot we did have a lot of jokes and there were very interesting characters in in every classroom but uh yeah you you made learning um quite a bit of fun so that's that's always good well thanks I tried <laughs> um I sort of I guess we sort of talked about this but best part about working with students now obviously in a slightly different way than teaching but um what what is the biggest part you take from teaching or working with students I guess I should say so when I was in the classroom, it was definitely watching students have those aha moments, hmm. watching them. I mean, thinking of just public speaking in general of those nerves and mm -hmm. then watching them grow into be more confident people. And so that was it was incredibly rewarding. But I also got to know students really well and maintain relationships with them. And so I think it was more so learning my students and learning about my students as humans and less as just a student in a classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, public speaking is definitely a class. I think I think about it a lot of times. I must say, uh, not not only not because of the class itself, but 
from what it has taught me. And and now, you know, actually, I, I told you before the podcast, I started a new job on Friday and on Thursday, they had a office welcoming party because they moved into a new office space. And um, there were 120 people or whatever. And uh, me and another newbie uh, were called on stage to introduce ourselves. And it's just things like that, right? Like usually people get nervous and stuff like that. But there's so many moments where I think back and speaking in front of people and, and you know, uh, teaching them a little bit because I, I had uh, actually a um, I was at a tennis event a tennis tournament for students who are going to the states and I was giving a speech about my time in the states and tips and advice and what to think about and all that stuff and how to prepare uh, and there were also 50 or 60 parents and and they were grilling me with questions and and all that after uh, but it it's so good to take that class um and learn to speak to you know voice your opinion uh, and not get nervous about it because I, I guess it's a natural thing and I, I I don't remember the exact words or the exact quote but you said the number one most common fear whatever of Americans is to speak in front of a, a crowd I think it was right yep yep yeah crazy it is <laughs> it is it is really crazy yeah but also also cool that people get over that fear so that's um, really good to see yep very cool make progress definitely awesome well kim uh thank you thank you so much for being on the podcast and and sharing your view on international students and and the university system and what opportunities it it uh you know has for a lot of people out there not only internationals but also americans uh themselves i think um, so thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing all that. Well, thanks for having me. It was good to talk with you. This was the Study Guide USA podcast with Henry Hoffman. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and share so we can help many more students study in the U.S. as well.